Welcome to a football show, Monday edition here, of course, on 440 Sports, Broadway Sports Media, Stacking the Inbox, F-Words Pod, at Braden Gall, at F-Words Pod, Zach Lyons, I am Braden. How are you, Zach? What's going on, man? Good. It's Combine Week, and I love I love the Combine. I know that oh, you find you. it totally useless, but I think there's <laughs> a lot of takeaways you can find, get out of it, and it's just a, it's a good old time. I, I do not think it's totally useless. I don't understand the Underwear Olympics as a television product. I don't I don't understand watching it. I give me the results, um, and we're going to get into this because today we're going to talk combine. What are the ways you should be watching the combine? What are the most important parts of the combine? Maybe even some projections on what we think is going to happen around these quarterbacks because I do think there's going to be some like drastic overreactions from some people. You may not agree with that. I, that that's going to be my project prediction a little bit later on great the there's drastic overreactions about everything that happens in the nfl or dare we say everything that happens in the world in the world <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find an overreaction about like angel hair pasta i'm pretty sure you could find it on twitter somewhere somebody losing their mind about some stupid nonsense so either way we're gonna t- i'm sure sort there's of- pasta rankings <laughs> We will debate uh, and discuss how you should watch the combine, some of the quarterback situations, what's going to happen this week. Uh, Again, how to watch it is really the most important thing. What's the most important part of the combine? Um, And we're going to talk a little bit because the Preds, of course, David Poyle announcing the general manager that he is going to step down at the end of the season. Barry Trotz, uh, patron son, like, you know, beloved son, uh, former head coach is now back and is going to be a general manager, but general manager, general manager for the first time. And so is there anything that the Tennessee Titans and football fans in this city can learn from the Predators, or maybe in a good or a bad way, potentially. So just two organizations, the two biggest sports, professional sports franchises in this city going through an incredible amount of change, basically all at the same time. So really, really interesting uh, being at that press conference on Monday. And then, of course, um, Derrick Henry trade rumors are swirling everywhere. So what would that actually look like? What are the implications? What is his trade value? Is it a legitimate that- rumor? That I think that's and- the big thing. And what should what 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 should the Titans do? I mean, let, we'll work through every piece of it, and then what should the Titans do? Kingston Group and the Pharmacy, of course, are two great, awesome sponsors here uh, on the show. So make sure you go to the pharmacy, get yourself a good burger, some great mustard, some great tots. You got the brats over there. You got a great beer garden. And I know it's a little windy on Monday, but it's the rain is through, so it's nice time to go sit in the afternoon and have a beer and a burger over there at the pharmacy. So make sure you check that out. And of course, the Kingston Group. Uh, buildkg.com is the website. Uh, never make a big decision about your home financially, renovations, buying, selling, whatever. Doesn't matter. Don't make a big decision about your house until you just ha- have a conversation with them. Just consult with the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Stackingtheinbox.com as well. Sign up for that. Uh, and make sure you jump into the comment section here as we will be chatting throughout the course of the show. I think that I think that covers all the, the bills we need to pay, Zach. I think it's time think so. to dive into this. So, I don't know where the rumors started. Maybe it was, it just sort of is one of those things because we've kind of been talking about which pieces are next. And we talked about Derrick Henry on Thursday's show after all well, the cuts. It's, it started with what we talked about uh, before the show. And I'll let you explain what you heard in your research. But it started with Jeff Darlington's article. And of course, you know, in Nashville, when someone writes an article or tweet that, that, is, by, that is about the Titans, even if it's just a small section, then there's going to be A to Z, Music City Miracles, Titans Size, and Titans Wire fighting over who can get that article out first. So, like, I think one of them was um, uh, the uh, Titans were like, uh, 
a, not even listed as a favorite for Aaron Rodgers or something, and then you get an article. Like, I want to throw out odds every time there's, like, <laughs> some stupid news story by the Titans to see, okay, we're going to keep track. Who did it first? Did A to Z win this one? Oh, or God. did Music City Miracles? Or what about Titans Wire? Well, like, I mean, who's like, a this... like, basically, who's a faster aggregator of content is what you're yeah, asking. Aggre yeah, aggregator of content that could be written by an AI. Like, I wouldn't yes. be surprised if all these websites turn to chat GPT uh, all of a sudden. But BuzzFeed, this is a true story, a little off topic, but BuzzFeed uh, did some stuff like that and announced that they were going to do some stuff like this. Their stock price went up. Yeah, I heard Sports <laughs> Illustrated is starting to dive into it as well. Uh, yeah. I, I caught a glimpse of a, a show talking about that. I wouldn't be surprised, but that's why you should go to stackingtheinbox.com where you actually Never. have a real human write about <laughs> things that matter. Never things written. Matter. Stacking the inbox. Never written by a robot. Never written by a robot. Never written by, John Oliver just did a whole bit on AI this past weekend. So on, on, um, on uh, last week tonight. So I, I definitely recommend that. Um, we talked a little bit about it on lamestream sports a couple of days ago, a couple episodes ago as well. It's going to, it's going to take some like jobs away from people, but it's mm -hmm. going to be like the, the 300 word aggregator where it's like, Oh, this topic is trending. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Jeff Darlington goes on first take and says one thing about how I'm speculating that the Buffalo bills could be interested in acquiring Derrick Henry. And then every website in the world, both in Buffalo, of course, and in Nashville have to have to at least repeat that. But really, you're not doing any work. You're just putting yeah. this was set on first take by some guy. By, and again, Jeff Darling. They, they put the story. Then they put the where the Buffalo Bills finished. OK. And how how the Buffalo Bills season ended last year. And then it goes into Derrick Henry's season last year. And that is the article. Yeah, like yeah, it's, no, it's just frivolous, not bullshit nonsense that just it just infuriates me. Well, and let's not. This is not just a small like digital startup problem. Like this is the, no. the, the Tennessean is is largely just a. Well, a look what they did with Sports Illustrated. They they remove yeah. uh, John yeah. Glennon and David Beauclair and yeah. go to a bunch of no names that are just writing the same shit everybody else is writing. Well, te te technically, Athlon Sports I think is underneath the yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Sports Illustrated Arena Group. <laughs> sorry, sorry to your employer. Um, it's all right. I'm only like a I'm only like a consultant. It's fine. Hey, at least you guys um, still have magazines. Uh, for now, <laughs> for now, um, go buy an app on Sports Magazine, by the way, coming up in Please. a few months. So, um, so Braden does not get replaced by robots. <laughs> See, it's not all that crazy to think about this stuff. Um, so, but, it, but again, if you want nuanced written content by a human, Stack in the inbox.com. Stack in the inbox.com. You want or real network. I see Stoney's in there, but Sober's yeah, network. Yeah, there you go. They're and, all and humans. I can verify. Can we prove that we're not robots right now on the screen? I don't know. Oh, I I definitely can prove it. Oh, oh, I emote Jesus. in and and cuss. I don't think robots can do that. Oh, oh, yes, they are you kidding? Have you seen what they do? They just turn into <laughs> now we're down a whole other rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> real some weird, not AI. Some, they do some weird shit um ai does that's for sure um trying to get a reporter to leave his wife hilarious um anyway uh so derrick henry so jeff darlington is a pretty good reporter for espn and i don't think from what i understand he doesn't float something like a and he was very clear in how he spoke about it on the air when he said look this is just sort of like me speculating here and I, that's kind of the phrase he used is that the buffalo bills would be interested or be a perfect landing spot for, for derrick henry to be uh, kind of complete the package there instead of relying so heavily on Josh Allen to be the power running attack, take some weight off his shoulders. Um, no, so Rose, Jeff Darlington is not, in fact, a robot. Um, but it's not he's not it's not the only team that, that I have heard is interested in potentially seeing what what Derek Derek Henry would would be worth. And I think there's a couple of questions here, Zach, which is 
financially, what does it all mean? Titans basically can save six million dollars and some change with any trade. But really, what is it? What is his value to both the Titans and what is his value on the open trade market? I think is is, is a far more interesting question. Well, it's it's a it's a very interesting question, and me me and Mike were talking about it the other day. Not on just you know in passing, not on the podcast football and other efforts award winning, but we were talking about it, and we were wondering how important is Derrick Henry hitting a hundred touchdowns and hitting hitting ten thousand rushing yards with the Titans for the Titans. Because you also have the fact of the emotionality and sentimentality attached to this by not only the fans, but also by Mike Vrabel. Because obviously Mike Vrabel has built a relationship with Derrick Henry, values Derrick Henry's leadership, values what he's done for the franchise. And bringing it up to the A.J. Brown trade, you saw how he reacted to A.J. Brown. We don't know really what is going on behind the scenes between Rand Carthon, Mike Vrabel, and how they're viewing the state of this roster. And we'll get to it a little bit in the Preds. I don't think the Titans trade Derrick Henry. I would be happy if they traded Derrick Henry. Hmm, That's kind of where I land on it. I don't think they are because I think that all that stuff that I just mentioned is important for to Mike Vrabel. And I think it's important for Rand Carthon as well. They have a sure-handed, chain-moving running back that is of high caliber right, right there. The problem is, is that he's about to be on the wrong side of 30 and very, very few, like he, maybe like 10 Eric running Dickerson. backs in the history of the NFL continue the trend yeah. of getting a 1,000-yard-plus seasons yeah. when, when they hit 30. So... And, and it's, very it's a few, weird situation to be in right now. And very few after the workload he's had. It, it's, you know, there's all kinds of data. 1,500 carries, 29 years old, mm-hmm. you know, there's all kinds of stuff. And then one season where you get, like, just insanely run into the ground like he's had with all the touches. Um, I still think he's incredibly – he's also a, a rare human specimen. I, I, I've said this long, long for a long time. He is sort of like the human evolution experiment against the NFL playing out in front of us. Like, can the human body evolve beyond – an NFL defense and Derrick Henry's like the best chance to, to, to show that some of those metrics can be, can be blown through. I, I think, he, so here's the question. Do you think he could get it all in one year? He's at what? Eight, eight, 8,300 or so. He need, he would need a 1700 yard season to get to 10,000, which is of course the, the franchise record with Eddie George. He's already got all the other touchdown records. So you're saying that, I guess the question is what's the draft pick that he is worth? For both sides, and is that and plus the six million savings and the ability to replace him fairly easily, which not not Derrick Henry level, but you can re- you can find a running back pretty easily. So that's the thing. I am very surprised that there are multiple teams interested in Derrick Henry. I mean, I know that sounds weird to say, but if you look at the running back draft class and if you look at the running back free agent market, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to be interested in Derrick Henry unless they think he's going to be cheap. Like, unless they think, hey, we can get Derrick Henry for like a fifth round pick probably from the Tennessee Titans. Now, what's cheap in your mind? Like fourth and beyond? What I just said. Fifth is, fifth is. Are you even listening to me? Well, I heard you say fifth round, but it doesn't mean fourth. Fourth is, I'm just asking where the line is. Like, I I think when I say cheap, I think like a fifth round pick. Now, I also think that 
that is not what the Titans are going to want back. I, I think the Titans are going to want at least two picks back. And I think that's what they should be asking if you look at the Christian McCaffrey trade. Now, I'm not saying like it's a first and a first or a first and a second. I think that if you're getting a third and a fourth or a third and a fifth, you send his ass out of here. Third like, and a fifth. That, you you would yeah. do it for a third and a fifth. Oh my God. I'd, I'd send it away in a heartbeat. Like, I what good is a, again, what good is a running back? Like, in this day and age with the free agent market and with the with the draft class, I'd be sending his ass so fast out of here. I'd pack his bags and say, Hey, I see that you're working out with Von Miller. Just stay right there. Hit your <laughs> ride back to Buffalo with him. Like, that's it. I wouldn't trade him to Buffalo, by the way. I would not trade him to any AFC team. It would have to be an NFC team. AFC contender, yeah. yeah. Um, Trey says uh, third and a six would be good enough. I do think that's about right. I think he is – here's the thing. I think he is worth less than people realize. I think he is worth more to the Titans for a variety of reasons. You already talked about all the off-the-field mm -hmm. sort of sentimental reasons. But he's also worth more because this team doesn't have a lot of true playmaking weapons on offense at the skill positions. And frankly, he fits their identity for now, at least. We don't know exactly what the offense could evolve into in the future. But with Tannehill, and 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 again, uh, Ed makes a good point here, too. I think Derrick Henry trade is good as long as it also includes a Tannehill trade as well. Need as many picks as possible. I agree that you need as many picks as possible. I do think there's a there's a combination there between Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry that makes some sense in terms of continuity. And we're going to get into this when we talk about trading off as many pieces as possible the way the Preds are doing right now with a transition to a new GM and is and can the Titans still win because we all think Vrabel hates tanking, which I think is true. I, I think a third and a six is is probably the best you're going to do. I, I don't think they're going to uh, – I, I don't think his don't value think so. is – McCaffrey is a significantly different player. He's got some injury problems, but it's a significantly younger, significantly different type of player. Um, I, I think he's got value, and I think teams are interested. But I think there's going to be a pretty – there, it would have to be a really good offer. I just, I feel like, I just don't Titans see trade. two teams. I don't see the Titans come to terms with the team that makes sense for them to trade Derrick Henry. Um, I just don't think there is going to be a two to if listen, even if it's just one pick and it's one second, I'd still trade them like at this point. And the people who I said, agree well, you, you. got to trade Tannehill. If you're trade Henry, you got to trade Tannehill. No, you don't. Let me let me tell you something. You don't have to do anything. They they could stick with both of them. They're they could clearly, trade Tannehill and keep Henry. They could keep yeah. or trade Henry and keep Tannehill. Let me tell you something. They don't. They these guys. These two players are not symbiotic. If you're if you're trading away Derrick Henry, and you keep Ryan Tannehill, that that makes sense to me. Like it it, it totally makes sense because you quarterback take, is an entirely different position of value, an entirely different position. Yeah. Than the running back, we saw Derrick Henry leave this team. And nothing changed as far as rushing efficiency back in yeah, 2021. Yeah. You're, it's not going to be the same and as simple as replacing Ryan Tannehill. No, I don't, I don't think they're connected. I think it's more about you get the best possible deal. You, you, you look at every player on your roster. If you're Rand Carth on your job, in theory, is to look at every player on your roster and say, is this, can I get value for this asset or do we need this asset? Can I, should I over, should I pay more for this asset, pay less for this asset, replace this asset? His, his entire job is asset management. And so if Derrick Henry can get him a second round pick, which I don't think he will, but if Derrick Henry can get him a second round pick, I think you have to consider making the deal. I, I, if, if Tannehill can get you a second and a third, you, you, you make the deal. Like I, there, there are, you, and they're separate. What I, I guess what yeah. I mean is that, is that, they, both of these two pieces are more valuable to the Titans 
than they are to potentially other teams. Well, not necessarily. Uh, And here's here. It's hard to say that because if, if Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry get traded, they're obviously more valuable to the other team. Yeah. Right. I mean, like in the sense of how trades work, I mean, that's, that's entirely now. I I look at it this way. Dove Kleiman uh, is regur- one of the regurgitating aggregators of Titans <laughs> or of uh, NFL Twitter is regurgitating Albert Breer. And Albert Breer is reporting that the Jets are exploring all options at quarterback because they're they're not close to a deal with Derek Carr and Derek Carr's, I guess, dicking him around or whatever including bringing back Geno Smith as starter. They're also looking at veterans such as Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, and Jimmy Garoppolo, in addition to Rodgers and Carr. So this is from Albert Breer, and this makes sense. And and I still think, I don't care what they do with Henry. I think that trading Tannehill is the best idea. I I, I don't care what they do with Ryan Tannehill. I still think Henry is the best. I consider them two mutually exclusive things. I I do think, though, and again, we'll kind of get into this. Yeah, because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on the show today because like how how many trades is too many trades to where all of a sudden you're now in a full blown rebuild, which in the NFL is very different than the NHL or Major League Baseball or the NBA, and we'll talk about that in a second. So, bros, Stoney makes a good point. This is a – I agree with him on this. This is a pretty decent, sneaky, underrated running back class. Um, Well, I I, I wouldn't say underrated because everybody's talking about how good the running back class is. No offense to Stoney, but everybody's talking about it. Maybe that's true, and and maybe I'm not consuming enough of everybody's talk yet about (laughs) about the class. I just look down the ranks, and I go, like, the ninth or tenth best running back in the draft. I'm like, that's a pretty good – that's a pretty good player right there. And it's just a position that's easier to find in general. And if you can get a third and a fifth, you could draft somebody with that fifth round pick, package them with Dontrell Hilliard and have a pretty good running game. So like, I just just trade, trade, use those picks to trade up and do something different. Like, or just, Hey, you trade away Derek Henry, Bijan Robinson right there at the 11th overall pick all in. Like I'm all, I'm all in for that. So Trey says, if you had to, if you had to make a trade, just one of them, and, Henry or Tannehill? It sounds like you're on the Tannehill side. I I don't care. They're they're equally the same to me. Okay. Well, ideally, I think Tannehill gets you more in return, possibly, and yeah. and help and and helps you clarify the direction a little bit more, especially with the Schefter report that the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields reportedly today and are shopping the number one overall pick. Which I'm of not course, big into those kinds yeah. of questions. It's like uh, where the people put four different movies up and they're like. One's got to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, you know what? If someone told me that, I just uh, politely say no. I don't have to choose one because guess what? <laughs> I don't have to. I live in fucking America. Okay. And okay. let me say this. And here's another one. When will Rand Carthon have the chance again to get his quarterback? This is also from Trey Win. J. Rob never did. Now's the time to change a quarterback and running back. Uh, J. Rob got his quarterback. He got Ryan Tannehill. J. Rob, listen. Let me say something. A GM can draft and get their quarterback any fucking year they want to do it. Nothing is preventing them from doing and drafting a quarterback and going up to get. So you know what? Rand Carthen will have this year. He'll have next year. He'll have the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. As long as he's employed as general manager, yeah. he'll have every opportunity to go get whatever G- quarterback he wants. But but thank you, Trey, for joining us. <laughs> Just got eviscerated there. Um, no, I, I do think 
And and by the way, the Tannehill, like that might have been the greatest move that John Robinson ever made as right. a, as a, as a he, he got the Dolphins to pay three quarters of Ryan Tannehill's salary and got David Long out of the deal. So yeah, it is an extremely valuable move for them. Um, now, again, I think that I think the difference is you can go get your guy. I think the difference is, can you go get the world changing the, the guy that is the going to start for 14 years? And it's all about you your know, evaluation you know. process, not the process of going to get the quarterback. It's all about how yeah. you evaluate the quarterback, which we'll get to a little bit later on today. Cause I think people are going to misevaluate some stuff at the combine, but we'll get to that a little bit later on as well as Preds comparisons to the Titans and the rebuild and what it takes and all that stuff. New general managers, for both professional franchises in Nashville. Uh, we, of course, are brought to you by the Kingston Group and the pharmacy, so make sure you go have a burger at the pharmacy and uh, make sure you go uh, you know, talk to the, the Kingston Group before you make any big decisions about your house. So second round pick, obviously, what if it's just a fourth? If you just get a fourth for Derrick Henry, are you doing it to save the $6 bucks and to get younger at running back? I mean, I would do it, Braden. I don't think the Titans would. Um, I agree. I, agree I would do it. I'm just, listen. Of all people that cover the Tennessee Titans, of all people that probably follow this team, I'm part of a small subsection that is Alabama fan, Tennessee Titan fan. <laughs> and I am of the small subsection that has watched probably Derrick Henry back before anybody else did that's an Alabama fan. A lot did, you know he, did you know he's from the Jacksonville area? I did. Did you know that? So, <laughs> uh, to me... I should have all this sentimental experience and want to hold yeah. on to Derek. And I don't give a shit. Like I am. And this is not to <laughs> say that I, you know, of anything other than I don't run the Tennessee Titans. I, my investment into the Tennessee Titans extends beyond one player. If you, if you remember how everybody acted about Jarrell Casey getting traded for a six-round pick or whatever it was. And guess what? He didn't do anything. And Derrick Henry will probably still be able to do something. He may do like an Emmett Smith, Eddie George-style kind of deal. Right. He is not the game-changer. And if you are wanting the Tennessee Titans to be something a little bit more modern, he doesn't really fit with what you need. Yeah, you I agree with that. do it. We've seen it done. Three years ago, with 2019 and 2020, we've seen him be involved in a in a explosive offense, but he is not that player anymore. Can he come back and be that player? I bet maybe. Is it going to be a 2,000 yard guy? No. My, like, my, no, I agree with that. My question is: Does the 75 percent version of Derrick Henry still provide enough value for this franchise that they can evolve the offense around 75 percent of him? Uh, frankly, again, Hilliard, you could argue, is one of the three or four most explosive weapons on the offense right now today. And so getting him more reps in in certain situations is probably a smart thing to do. I'm with you. I think of I don't I don't think the market is as bullish as people think. I think it's a like a fourth round pick, maybe a third if you're if you're lucky for a guy that, you know, is pretty good, but near getting uh, he's a depreciating asset. One of the few things John Robinson was actually good at was knowing when to cut bait on a, on a, on a player or a decision. One of the only things he was good at. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen though because I think he's worth more to them than a fourth round pick to the Titans. I think. I, I, I mean, I'm, McCaffrey I'm went for a second, third, and fourth in 2023 and a 2024 fifth. So he trade went for four picks. I feel the Derrick Henry should at least net you two picks, and I think two picks is the conversation. 
of what it would take for the Titans to move on from him. Okay. I think I think if it's a fourth, like you said, they won't do it. If it's a third and a fifth, I think they I think they might do it. But that's we're 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 speculating and being uh what'd you call uh would you call it uh aggreg- aggregation regurgitators or <laughs> something like that? Um, and yes, it always comes back to Dontrell Hilliard. I like that. I like that player. I think he's a good player. He's cheap and he does things. Um, the good news for- is that you can find a Dontrell Hilliard in the draft or yeah. in free agency. That's actually better. Yeah. Um, isn't all this talk about 2024 and beyond? Isn't all this talk about 2024 and beyond? This is from Edry. Uh, Ed Henry, um, no relation to Derek here. Or we got no, we we've sp- already we established that in the football and other F words chat. Okay, we got no spies here. All right, uh, Tannehill and Henry won't be around after that anyway. So why not cut bait now? I think I, I mean, again, they're mutually exclusive to your point, but I do think that, and this kind of takes us into our next topic here. Unless you want to, anything else to add about Derek Henry? No, I will say this: don't get wrapped up in dead money. I'm just so sick of people talking about dead money. You've already paid it. It's going to be dead money whether they stay here, the player stays here, or whether they get traded. As long as you've already paid the dead money, it's going to remain dead money. So don't get wrapped up in it. it guess yeah. what? It's all gone after. If, once you once you trade a player or release a player in the current year, and it's a pre-June 1st designation, guess what? That dead money will be gone after this year. It does not matter. Yep. Uh, $10 million for Henry. Uh, so if you trade him, or cut him, right? You get about 6.2, 6.3 million more. And as we talked about on Thursday, you should go listen to that show. We talked about all the cap implications of all the recent moves and that, you know, that they're pretty close to having upwards of 30 or $40 million in space. So there's, yeah. Um, so just, you know, the 6 million may be a huge factor. It's more about, I imagine, the draft capital coming back and exactly. how they can get younger and cheaper and more explosive and more versatile, which is what Rand Carthon wants to do with Mike Vrabel's team, which leads us to what the Predators have done in Nashville, which is, of course, the most Nashville Predators thing of all time, uh, which is David Poyle stepping down in the middle of a total fire sale uh, and announcing his retirement. The trade deadline is on Friday, and he's they've already traded Tanner Janot and Nito Niederreiter for like 11 draft picks. <laughs> the draft in the, it will be here in the NHL next year, so there's certainly some extra maybe motivation there. Barry Trotz, an old coach, is going to be the general manager. Um, two very different strategies from two very different types of ownership groups that have sort of resulted in major changes for both of these organizations. And my first observation, Zach, before I let you explore the studio space, um, is that the Titans, with a, a, a more singular owner in Amy Adams Strunk, went outside of the organization, I would argue, cast a, a much wider net than the offensive coordinator search did their diligence and found a guy who is extremely qualified, has a lot of experience and is logically taking the next step to in his career in Rand Carthon. The Preds are doing them a very different thing. <laughs> They're going back to their old coach. Who's got zero experience because it feels good. Now it may be, if it works out, it will be an extraordinary success. The fans will go nuts. They'll love it, but there's two very different approaches and I think some of that is because the Predators waited too long to do what the Titans are doing right now. Ooh, see, I hmm, this is interesting. I like the I here here's where I'm at on this is that I have been very much of the thought process and pro thought process that the Tennessee Titans do not view themselves that they are in a rebuilding mode. Okay. From everything they've said, from most of the moves that they have made, and from everything that you've heard leaked out of St. Thomas Sports Park, 
they are not in rebuilding mode. You know who else wasn't in rebuilding mode when they should have been in rebuilding mode? David Poyle a couple of years ago with the Predators. Yep. So in uh, my big question, my big takeaway from this is wondering, are the Titans just kicking the can and trying to avoid eventual rebuild? Or is it time to go ahead? Like I have been, I am, I know that they're retooling. I know that they're going to remain competitive. However, I have always said I I am okay with a rebuild. I am because I don't think it's going to be as long as a rebuild is what the Predators are facing because they have kicked the can down the road. So the question is, you know, you're a big Predators guy. You followed this team. You went to the press conference, so you know the ins and outs. You the Gold Standard podcast. I mean, you yeah, yeah look at that. And now you're following the Tennessee Titans and you know football show all this stuff. So I ask you from your perspective. Would they be in a bet? Would the Predators have been in a better position if they had started the rebuild two years ago? And would the well, the Titans? Will we look back in three years and say the Titans really started their rebuild and learned from the Nashville Predators and started their rebuild in 2023? Uh, so could my answer be yes? The Predators, when they went through their competitive rebuild, about I think it was two off seasons ago, where they got rid of Arvidsson and Ryan Ellis and some of the main pieces. And they sort of tried to, to sort of stay competitive, right? Um, changed coaches with Peter Laviolette, move on to John Hines. I think they would have been better blowing the whole thing up. Now, the prop, the, 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 so the answer to your first question is yes. I, and my answer to the Titans question is also, I think they should be leaning more into the rebuild a little bit more than you think. But here's the good news for Titans fans. Because the sports are so dramatically different. Because the rules and the contracts are guaranteed in hockey, and you can't like there, you can't trade like three of the players on the team with no movement clauses. Like there's just it is it takes sometimes it takes four or five years of real garbage hockey to truly rebuild. Very few teams can do it like in a two year window. In the NFL, you can find so many pieces so quickly if you do it really, really, really well whether that's the offensive coordinator, whether that's a safety in the fifth round, whether that's a guard, you know, like if you hit on a guy, you can change. You can go from, you know, the look at the Bengals, like Bengals did it in like two years. So you can, I think the Titans, the reason I would like the Titans to lean into this a little bit more, frankly, is because our conversation we just had about Tannehill and Henry. I, I think it's, it's time. They still have some value. Get the value now while you can, but that pushes you into more of a rebuild situation. Oh, by the way, which is not a bad thing because you have a new general manager, a new offensive coordinator, new pieces in place to run all of that. And you're picking higher than you've ever picked before, or at least in, in the last four or five years. There's also a pretty good draft class of quarterbacks coming up right now. I just, I, I think there's, I'm a little bit more of the, it's going to be one one bad year maybe. But yeah, I mean, no, it may not even say that bad of a year that's right the thing, like right who, who, like who's to say it wouldn't they wouldn't be able to be right back winning the division in two seasons like i don't they heck they were so close to winning the the season this year without ryan Tannehill winning the division this past year without ryan Tannehill, like how many players can you, the titans trade away okay so if they trade away ryan Tannehill, Derek henry let a couple other maybe Maybe do something with Kevin Byard. I don't know. But if you let's say crazy scenario, 
Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard all get traded away in the same offseason. This offseason, they get all these picks, okay? And all the Crazy other guys scenario. Have, and all the guys have been cut that have already been cut. Yeah. yeah Jeffrey yeah. Simmons is the only guy that you brought back. And let's say you bring back uh, David Long as well, okay? No Nate Davis. Let's say David Long, Jeffrey Simmons in this scenario come back. Don't you think that they can pretty much probably depend on the draft class of free agency and Mike Vrabel being Mike Vrabel? They can yes. still win nine games, right? I, I mean, is it I, that crazy to think it, this team could still be competitive? Look, you already, when you traded A.J. Brown, you began the rebuild process of the receiving core. You've already let go Robert Woods. You've already drafted, you let Johnny Smith and Corey Davis to leave. Like you've, this, the skill position players outside of Derrick Henry have already begun the rebuild process with Burks and Phillips and Oconquo now as the focus. You add some more pieces to that this offseason. The offensive line is already in complete rebuild mode because if you let Davis and Lawan and Ben Jones go, you're you're in complete rebuild. Hell is practically in rebuild mode throughout the. Uh, it was it was yeah. like being patched together with yeah. trash can lids and toothpicks. <laughs> you got a new general manager and a new offensive staff with a new offensive line coach. Like you are already like it feels like you're already seventy five percent of the way down the road, and the last pieces are the two veterans that still have value to you right now and possibly on the trade market. At quarterback and running back. And I to me, this is partly why I've always agreed with your stance on training Tannehill. Is and frankly, if I'm Carthon, and this is maybe cynically, I'm saying this, but if you're Carthon and you trade Ryan Tannehill and you trade Derrick Henry, ownership and Mike Vrabel has to look at you and say, You you've got a little bit more time to solve the problem, but you they, need to go, but you better go solve the problem. But in the spirit of collaboration, they've signed off on those moves. I I, I agree. I agree. So I, I, they've already said, not only do you have the job security, we're right here standing beside you. I, I agree. And I so I think a rebuild in the NFL is almost always the right answer if you're already headed that direction anyway, because you can turn it around so fast. In other sports, it takes forever. You need three or four or five top five picks in the NHL or baseball like to eventually build if you're not one of the big market teams that could just spend all the money in baseball, it's which again is a different structure than even the NBA where it's all about just, are you in a big market with like three superstars in the NHL? It takes years of sucking. The Colorado avalanche were terrible for like 10 years and they built the team with first number one overall picks. And then they won a cup. Like this is how, like the coyotes are doing this right now. The, the Blackhawks did it. They were terrible. They won three cups because they drafted in the top five year after year, after year, after year. And it's just different in the NFL. Like you said, you can go find your quarterback if you trust the evaluation process at any point. Mostly. Last year's draft class maybe aside. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Most of the time, if you are anywhere near the top 15, you can find a guy that probably could start for you for a decade. And if, like, to me, this all makes too much sense to make the clean transition a 2023 year. Now, if they don't, here's the question back to you. If they don't trade Tannehill and Derrick Henry, are they slowing down that, like, maybe they're good this year, maybe they win the division, maybe they win 10 games and they have a host of the playoff game. So they're better because they have Tannehill and Henry, right? Does that, my question is how much, how detrimental could that be to the future of the franchise? Because then they can't get as much in the trade market in the future. Maybe they have to walk away from those guys. Maybe the evolution of the offense doesn't happen as quickly. Like, what's the negative of keeping them? Well, I them? mean, like, if those guys are here in 2023, you would most likely expect that be on extensions to get their cap hits down because you still need to build around for the future. And now the extensions don't mean that they're here for five more years or they're here at crazy numbers. It can all be managed appropriately in theory. It can maybe not in practice, but in theory it can. 
But I I get the feeling that we would be here in three day and three years, four years saying didn't get a Super Bowl, sure did waste a lot of time. And now we're here because while you still can go get those quarterbacks or go get those pieces for the future and foundations for the future, I think in the rebuild, if you got rid of Bayard, Henry, and, and Tannehill, and you still had if if you're talking about the win difference between having those three players and not having those three players, I think it's like 1.5 to two wins. I know that sounds crazy. That's how much Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Kevin Byard are worth. Is I I, I think Derrick Henry is not worth one win. He's worth zero wins. Okay, Derrick Henry wow. is worth zero wins. We okay. we've 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 seen it in in practice, and we we've just seen it. It's just he's worth zero wins. Tannehill. I don't know if Bayard's really worth a win. I'd say maybe the half is Bayard, and I think Tannehill's <laughs> worth maybe one win because I mean he was part of that losing streak too. Maybe I'm underestimated, but in I, theory, I don't think you're talking about. You're not talking about right. Like we we just said with with Ryan Tannehill and all these guys. Yeah, you could probably get ten wins. And I said earlier, and you kind of agreed with me, and maybe you, you were just nodding your head and saying, yeah, just you know, for radio purposes and stuff. But <laughs> we said that he could – don't you think that Mike Vrabel could win nine or eight games without those guys? Uh, so, so that's it's really – they're just really worth two wins when you think so about I, it. So I think, I think if you're saying what's the best-case scenario for this team with Bayard Tannehill – and let's say, again, all the other pieces yeah. are sort of the same, right? They invest the same – assets in the same positions receiver tight end offensive line you know linebacker whatever like all the other assets are considered equal right the only three variables we're changing are henry Tannehill, and byard for example in this conversation i i think their upside is like 10 11 wins you win the division that's like if everything goes well you draft well you finish you fix the offensive line do everything right i i think without those three pieces they're far more like a six win team and okay, maybe so you, maybe so you seven. didn't really agree with me. You're just kind well, of well. Like, no, I was agree. I was agreeing with your point, and I think your point is totally valid. That they can still be a pretty salty, competitive week in and week out football team without those pieces. But I don't think they're a playoff team without those pieces. And some of it depends on what happens next. If they were to move on from all those guys and they get some extra picks and they go up to one and they get Bryce Young and then they draft like Kenny McIntosh in the fifth round and they pair him with somebody good and the offensive line is better, like that six wins all of a sudden maybe becomes eight or nine wins. And that's right. where I think that's where, that's where I think the, the rebuild could happen so fast. And I think ultimately the lesson here, the two positives I would take away from this, if I'm a Titans fan from the Pred situation and kind of the comp is, is that Amy Adams drunk was not scared to make a big decision quickly. The predators have been scared to make this decision for years. And I think it's going to benefit the Titans that they did it so fast moving on from John Robinson. Um, and 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 that they went outside to find new a, a true new set of eyes for that role at GM, uh, and that I think in, you can do it real quickly in the NFL. I just think you can do it. I think you've got it. You're already you're, you're already like sixty two percent of the way down the rebuild road already. Like you just you trade Derrick Henry, trade to Ryan Tannehill, and you've kind of finished off the rebuild there. Like yeah, <laughs> like on offense at least. Matt Bell says, would Vrabel lose his job if they rebuild and lose? He probably does do that is why Vrabel will not sign off on a rebuild. I'll say this. If the rebuild is in effect, Mike Vrabel has signed off on the rebuild. Yeah. And and if the if you got Amy Adams drunk, John Robin or uh Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel sitting in a room 
and they've already decided they've already decided whether it's a rebuild or retool, whether they've told whether they're lying to us or they're telling us the truth is a totally different scenario. But they have already set down the three of them decided, are we rebuilding or are we retooling? And if they, in fact, are rebuilding and they're just lying to us, they're all three in on it. This is a collaboration. So Mike Vrabel's job is safe, which he's a top 10 head coach anyway. And if they're choosing to rebuild and he loses, that was going to happen, right? That was, I mean, of, like that was that, part of the plan. Yeah, Part of the rebuild. And obviously not tanking, but just right. unfortunately right. losing games and, try, and, and losing close games, not tanking. That is part of the, the process of a rebuild is losing games. The process of the rebuild is not to win games. However, I do think Mike Rabel could win a lot of games, even in a rebuild year. And, 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 and the let other me say this. It's not Derrick Henry is zero wins. No, There is no such thing as running back wins. We have never heard of running back wins <laughs> as a stat. I don't even believe in QB wins as a stat, well, but running about, back is not a, a No win. wins over repl above replacement? I don't for, even – I, I actually, I don't think – I'm sure he's not worth any wins above replacement either. I think, in fact, he wasn't, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, and I don't, I, zero is not like necessarily, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, yes or no. Like, I, because again, we've seen evidence of like eight straight games where like he didn't play and they ran the ball pretty well. Um, I do think losing your starting quarterback for, of four or five years, I think you, you clearly are going to take a step back, depending on what the option is. If it's a bridge gap kind of player that's a mediocre player, you could probably win six, seven games. If it's a rookie quarterback who's got lots of talent, maybe you win seven or eight games, and, and clearly you see the the talent that's there. Um, but I agree that, that they're not doing this without Vrabel being a part of the decision making process. And I don't necessarily. And here's the other thing: like it could change tomorrow. Like they, the three of them could sit down in a room and say, "No, no." Because here's the other thing: they could have done an extension or a restructure with Tannehill any moment if he was truly their guy. They are clearly shopping him as hard as they can to make sure they get as best an offer. The other angle from the Preds is that their head coach is probably going to be out on the street at the end of the season. And that's not the case with this organization. They know who their coach is. They, at least they should. And he's a part of the future. And he's one of the better in the NFL. And the Preds don't even know who that's going to be. So, like, I think those are also very different situations. So you have more structure to do the rebuild quicker because Rabel's in place and a part of the process. And so, again, I just – I think tomorrow – Somebody could come blow their socks off with some better deal for a player that they weren't considering selling as a part of this situation. And the situation could change. Like if somebody comes and says, Hey, we'll give you a first and a third for Ryan Tannehill. Like, yep, we're in rebuild mode. Yep. <laughs> right. Like if there's nothing out there and it's like a fourth and a sixth, Oh, we're going to, we're going to roll with Tannehill. Like it, it, it can change from day to day depending on what other people do. So uh, otherwise that was, I think the Preds long the Preds fans will tell you this has been a long time coming. They've been very frustrated and they've not been going to games to voice their opinion about the situation. I, I feel right now so. the t the Tennessee Titans fan base and a lot of the Tennessee Titans local media are wanting the rebuild just like the Predators and fans and media analysts were wanting the rebuild two years ago. And I, I'm getting a lot of similarities, like a lot of similarities from these oh, two okay. teams. And as far as the timeline of how the team is constructed, how the team can compete, and where the team is going to be at yeah, yeah. later down the road. It's not necessarily about the GM. It's about what you're hearing now is exact about the Titans, exactly what you heard two years ago. And David Poyle kicked the rebuild down the road and kicked it, yep. kicked it, kicked it. Yep. And I think the Tennessee Titans are doing it. 
for all intents and purposes, for everything that we have heard coming out of the building, the message is this is a retooling, not a rebuild. I I, I guess that's where I the, that's the one thing I'll disagree slightly on because you get like to me, the reason there is a giant exhale with the Predators fans today is because it has begun finally like there it's a sellable commodity to your fans to say we're making changes and i think the titans did it at really key positions firing todd downing firing john robinson cutting taylor lawan like they have moved on to a new era of football is it as complete an overhaul as maybe you want maybe not is the temperature of the fan base kind of similar to what you're saying i, I think that's fair i think the temperature of the fans are is about the same but i don't get the sense that that the fans are angry about what the Titans are doing right now. I think this, the fans are excited about it, right? Like, hey, Rand's here, Vrabel's here. We got the new coordinator. Let's. But they're let's wanting see, a rebuild. They they're they're wanting they're wanting a rebuild. Fans are wanting a rebuild now. Okay, I will say this: fans are idiots. <laughs> fans are wanting a rebuild while clinging to Derrick Henry and uh, that's clinging a, yeah. to valuable assets. Now yeah. that is a totally different conversation because just you know fans aren't smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to do the rebuild, you have to make tough decisions. That's yeah. it. Like, that's what the Predators are doing right now by trading a guy who scored 19 goals, uh, you know, for a second round pick, by trading a guy who was a rookie of the year candidate last year and the highest scoring rookie in franchise history. They just traded him. And they're probably going to trade Matias Ekholm away, one of their best defense, a, a lifelong Predator, a guy who's a, 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 a entrenched in the community and sentimental and all this other stuff, right? You got to, you got to do that. You got to do that to 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 truly rebuild. So I think they're just so far down the road that it they're already kind of doing it. And Tannehill is the writings on the wall for both Henry and Tannehill. Like they're they're they are what they are at their age and their price point. I mean, you either get something for them now, or maybe you win a couple games this year with them. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of where we are with that. Um, all right, let's uh, make sure you support good local business, the Kingston Group, the pharmacy. Um, you want a good burger? You want a good beer? Locally sourced? Go to the pharmacy. They're fantastic folks over there. Got the great vibes inside. Um, if, if they trade Derrick Henry, you need a place to drown your sorrows. Go to the pharmacy. Great place to eat some meat and drink some beer and drown your sorrows. Uh, and, of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. Make sure you talk to them about any home needs you have, renovations, a new wing. I don't know, Zach, if you ever wanted to build a new wing on your house, you just call the Kingston Group, you know? There you go. Whole new wing. I like it. A rebuild and a retool of Zach's house, the Kingston Group. There you go. That's how they're going to do it. Um, all right, so... Let's get into the combine here. And what is the thing that actually matters? <laughs> what is the thing that actually matters at the combine? My opinion is not the size of your hand. It's not your broad jump. It's not your 40 time, how fast you run in a straight line in underwear, which never happens on a football field, except for maybe wide receivers. Um, it is about your medical evaluation for me and about how you interview with like who you are and how you can showcase your skills and how you talk with people, how you present yourself. Uh, those are the things getting to know the teams and the players. Those are the things that matter the most. Those are the two things you cannot see <laughs> on television. Um, but in my opinion, those are the two things that matters most to you, Zach Lyons. What are the things that matter most about the combine? Well, there, there's certain things that matter for certain positions, right? Like not all positions are created equally. So the combine drills do matter for certain positions. And there are certain drills that matter more than other ones. Like the the when you're talking about something like the the broad jump, you're looking at lower body strength and explosiveness. Not only that, but you also got you demonstrate good balance and body control on the landing. That matters for like a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, not necessarily for a quarterback. 
right? Or, like or defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, defensive tackle. I mean, the explosiveness, lower body strength and explosiveness does matter. I mean, like you got like, a lot of offensive linemen that are destroying some broad jumps when you go back and look at the data. And it, it's great. It's great for a guy their size, right? That's you got to kind of look at the size of the person too, because you know Calvin Austin, who was a wide receiver last year, who ran a blazing fast uh, forty. Well, I mean, he's also a really small guy. Like some of this stuff matters, some of it doesn't. You know, for three cone splits, do matter for not only just your offensive linemen, but also your wide receivers and your DBs. Short, short space ju- agility. Short space yeah. agility is a good is a yeah. good important one. Yeah, you know, the forty yard dash really doesn't do much for me. Uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, I think the ten yard split is a better measure. You know, for offensive lineman, defensive lineman, wide receiver, your short air explosion again on the ten yard split. Uh, the twenty yard split measures the acceleration, and the quicker you can reach and maintain a speed, the quicker the player is. So like, I look at it from those. The forty is pretty cool. It's a cool number to have. It's a cool number record to break, and all this stuff, but. Ultimately, it doesn't translate into anything. AJ Brown had a uh, what a four five five. Traylon Burks was like a four five six. I was I was just about to look that up because I think yeah. four five. I think anything four under four six is totally fine for a wide yeah, receiver. Four five two, and like people are like, well, Jackson or sorry, four four nine. He had a four four nine. That was Michael Pittman with the four five two. Um, and people are like, you know, JSN. You know, they're like, well, if, if he's a four six, oh, you can't. You, that's going to destroy him. You can't draft him. He'll fall into the second round. And I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, it doesn't really matter. I mean, like DeAndre Hopkins ran a four, five, seven DK Metcalf was a four, six, two, like that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is the, these other numbers. So I do think the drills do matter. I think your measurements matter, like specifically for Bryce young, he's not, showing up and to do anything other than interviews right which is it's fine i don't need to see him throw i've saw him anybody has seen bryce young throw over these last two years know that he can throw the football better than any of the ace other <laughs> right, right. like he's already the best passer right he's obviously not getting measured yet even though people have said he comes in at five ten and a half uh, already in height he's not getting weighed yet because he's not at the weight that he wants to be it's 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 a pretty obvious thing We'll see you at the pro day. Yeah. That's really what's going to matter for him. Because if at this point, his height is his height. If he's 5'10 and a half, some GMs are scared of his height. Not even his weight, his height, according to Dove Kleiman, talking to, to Todd McShay, who's talking to a scout. Right, right. Which, let me tell you something. If 5'10 and a half as a height scares you and you're a scout, you're probably going to get fired soon. Like at some point, some of these sc- anonymous scouts are just scouts on the hot seat that are well, about to get fired. It should scare you for a player who's not the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> like, like watch, I, w- I will always say this and it's the combine is a fine. Like to me, the combine is good at weeding out like the true negative assets, right? Like if you're a defensive tackle and you're, and you can do like 12 to 25 reps and you're just not very strong, like it only the only time it truly weeds people out for me is if it's like such a bad number that it like it's very and for it didn't that even but, weed out Wandell Robinson for right him. right well and to well but to your point it's like which drills are better for which positions and Devonte Adams was a four five six guy like you can play great wide receiver with four five four six run, running speed and listen, because, if Bryce Young is five ten and a half that's a lot taller than I thought he was actually going to come in at. 
Like uh, I now, thought he would be like yeah. five, eight, five, nine. So five, ten and a half is pretty good. So, and Trey asked this because I want to t- focus on the quarterbacks because I do think there's going to be a lot of narratives coming out of the combine about these four quarterbacks. And I want to make sure we're on record with some receipts ahead of time because Anthony Richardson, of course, is going to go to the combine and do all the combine things. And people are go- they're going to drool on themselves. Analysts going- and fans are going to drool on themselves. Yes. Anybody that has watched his film is not going to be surprised by anything they see unless he does something exactly elite and otherworldly. I, I think his I think his athleticism is going to test off the charts in almost which, every single category. Which is exactly should, what he shows on tape. Right, right, right. You should know that from the first snap of his career at Florida yeah. when he ran for like 87 yards um, and was like running past defensive backs. Um, I think Will Levis is going to test pretty well. And I think what's going to come out of this combine conversation with Will Levis is going to be how much, how good he was in interviews. He was so good in interviews. Oh, it's the Hinton Hooker story. Like Hinton Hooker's right for the athletic right now, a diary. Like I, I like Hinton Hooker as a person, but my God, is he reaching some Russell Wilson, like overexposure, like annoying the fuck out of me levels right now. Cause like, I don't need a diary from Hinton Hooker. Well, and guess what? I know that he's going to kill the combine interviews. Cause guess what? Yeah, he killed yeah. the senior bowl interviews already. Well, he's a very, again, I, I my issues with Hinton Hooker are like why he runs so gangly and why his throwing motion is so long and the simplicity of the offense. Like it's not about leadership. It's not about, again, yeah. I think Le- Levis has to overcome his tape. His tape is not particularly great. I think what, what's going to happen is like you and I both agree Bryce Young is the best player in the draft at this position. Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ Stroud is probably the most complete at the combine, right? Like yeah. he's going to go to the combine. He's got the frame. The- he's got the arm. Yes. He's got the, the IQ. And the tape and the statistical production and the uh, like he Bryce. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is going to come out of this week of the combine as the number one quarterback on the draft class because he's going to be the he's going to check every box. I don't think he's better than Bryce Young. But I think Bryce Young, the story is going to be all the stuff that's very obvious, which is going to be he's a little too small, he's a little too thin, he's this, he's that. But we love this and we love that about him. And they're and people are going to drool all over Richardson's athletic ability. And I think that the board is going to change coming out of the combine based on stuff that's not playing football. <laughs> like yeah. that's my issue with the combine. Like Trayvon Walker went number one overall because of the combine, but not, d- not because of his tape. But I think we both agree that the big boards largely remain unchanged after the combine by the NFL teams. It's the analysts who initially got their scouting wrong that let the combine influence them, their, their big boards on the websites for clicks more than anything else. Well, and I think what, what gets clicks on, on Twitter and on Instagram, what gets plays, what gets, what gets views? Well, a guy breaking a a 40 time record, right? Right. I mean, I don't have to tell Titans fans about Chris Henry. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Running back Chris Henry, who played four games for Arizona and was a starting running back in college football for like one game, his entire career. And then he did a bunch of crazy, awesome shit at the combine. And Jeff Fisher, I think who's the coach at the time, just drafts him in like the second round, maybe. And it's like, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing with the guy who's like never been good at football? Like, don't, <laughs> it, it, basically what you're just doing is going, you're looking for, you're looking for the athleticism to match the tape, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. everybody's really looking for. If you're surprised that Anthony Richardson is, comes out of this, the fastest, strongest quarterback the NFL has ever seen, then you did not watch the tape. No, I agree. I agree. And I think I think Matt Miller said it in his article. I think it was on Friday um, for ESPN. He wrote about 
it's not about what Anthony Richardson does on the run in these underwear throwing drills and all that kind of stuff. It's not about the, it's like how far can he throw flat footed without any setup? Like Josh Allen, you know, threw that 70 or 75 yard bomb, you know, at the combine, they got everybody off, crazy. They got pla- everybody. Platform. Yeah. yeah. He got everybody. He got scouts to jump out of their seats. Is there going to be that moment for Anthony Richardson? Yes. Is it going to change drastically? Where he's at on everybody's big board, maybe one spot, maybe two spots. But in the end, Josh Allen still went what twelfth overall. So like it wasn't no, like it was, oh he, he was still seventh. beat yeah seventh, um, but he still didn't beat out Baker right, Mayfield and, right, and you know right. Sam Darnold. And, no, I, I I think the the like the NFL seems pretty split on Anthony Richardson in general. Um, we don't know what that split is if it's 50-50, if it's like sixty forty, if it's well you got the anonymous scout that said that oh I think uh we got him as a fourth round grade. If you got Anthony Richardson as a fourth round grade, again, you're one of those scouts that are about to be fired. You may need to freshen up your resume because that I mean, is not even close. If, no grading, but then you're grading again. This is the this is the issue with Richardson and why he's so divisive, is that you're grading the traits. You're not in the skills and the and you're not grading like like Bryce Young doesn't have to show us anything. <laughs> like see, I don't think C.J. Stroud really has to show us a whole lot. Like I think he's put on tape multiple years of elite production with big size on Will Levis has to prove that the tape doesn't match what he's going to be in the NFL. The way Josh Allen had to prove that the, 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 the well, tape, that's not that, really going to happen at the combine though. No, See, exactly. Guess, exactly. That's, the, that's the problem with, let me say this. That's the problem with the combines part of the quarterback evaluation process. You're not going to be able to prove it. I guess what it's where it's really proven is when you're in the one-on-ones and you got the whiteboard and they ask yep. you about plays. I guess that's where it's going to get proven because it's not going to be shown in the Wonderlick test. There's this new cognitive test that's that's out of Nashville that's going to measure a lot and po- possibly game change. Pro- like, proce- processing speed, right? Is yeah, what it measures. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess uh, John Robinson decided to ignore that person by or that whole establishment, even though it's right in his backyard because he. So you know how like close. like our our whole motto is like no empty calories at, yeah. on our show on your show like no empty calories. We want to give you thoughtful, nuanced you know information and conversation about topics you care about. And this, but then like we post a clip on social media. What gets traction from the combine is not the stuff that is actually in the show, right? It's the empty. Right. The empty calories are is what draws attention. It's what is good television. It's what plays on social media. The empty calories of the combine is what you see everywhere. You don't see the actual nutritional value of, oh, here's Anthony Richardson diagnosing this play in a half a second. Or here's, you know, Hendon Hooker's ACL medicals are actually really good and he's way ahead of schedule on recovery. Like, you don't see any of the actual stuff that matters. All the stuff that people consume and report on is all this other, you know, empty calorie stuff. You know, you'd like to see Will Levis have different speeds to his to his throwing i mean because he his throwing velocity is like the same speed and you could almost say the same thing about anthony richardson is I, that I, agree. Like, I agree so maybe you get a little bit of touch but so hard for the combine for i think to me personally i think quarterback outside of like kickers and punters quarterback is like the the position i get I walk away with the least amount of change from and the least amount of new knowledge with receivers, defensive backs, edge rushers, tight ends, these other athletic types. Those are where I really focus in on. And that's not just because Tennessee Titans technically have never needed a quarterback last few years. It's just nothing you can really take away from it. I mean, you you remember how 
everybody was all up in arms about Malik Willis. Like, you know, he was he was throwing the ball and he was looking good and blah blah blah. In the end, it the the problem with him was always the mental part of the game, and and everybody the, passed on him three times. <laughs> passed on him three times, right? right like, right. and here with Anthony Richardson, you have the pocket manager, field uh, general guy pre-snap. Anthony Richardson has shown that on tape. You go watch the Anthony Richardson tape, and he is the third best quarterback in this draft. I agree. Will he be talked about by the talking heads as the second best or the first best? Will there be stupid leaks that come out that say he I think he could go number one overall? Yep. Sure. Yep. Hey, that that stuff's yep. uh, that stuff happens every year, every draft, in some form or fashion. Uh, my, my, but that's at my the prediction. end of the day, he'll be the third quarterback off the board. Yeah, you and I think Bryce Young is number one, CJ Stroud's number two. Mm-hmm. Then there's a little bit of a gap. Then there's Anthony Richardson. Then there's another gap. And then there's Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. That's basically am I yeah. getting, That's basically how you and I kind of agree. on I would put Hendon Hooker over Will Levis just because I am so far out on Will Levis. The tape okay. just is too it's, it's too atrocious to ignore. People say the 2021 Georgia game. I went back and watched that game the other day. Four point five yards per attempt. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That was a. They, they were. It they, wasn't, they, he didn't even get 200 yards. Like it wasn't a good game from Will Levis. Like I don't understand why people think that was some. Was that oh, on you the gotta r- watch the 2021 Georgia game. Totally ignore <laughs> 2022. It was the same thing that you see from every well, Will Levis game. It's not I, a not very the, good. He's just not a very good player. Yeah, I'm not a defender of Will Levis, but he yeah. that 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 road game in Georgia against that you know 40th. You know, a defense that was the best defense in 50 years in college football, and they were on the road. They covered the spread. It, it was one of his better moments. The offensive line for Kentucky was much better in 2021 than 2022 as well. I just think he has a lot of proving to do. I think you and I have the same five. We're yeah. going to go through the entire week in the combine, and our five is not going to change. We're still going to have the same five. I I could see Bryce Young going from one to three on the media, oh, fan, yeah. it, social media stuff. Because there's already quarterback coaches that are that yes. – are, pissing in their Cheerios because, oh, but I can't believe Bryce Young's not throwing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, he doesn't have to throw. And, in fact, C.J. Stroud technically didn't have to throw either. Look, if C.J. Stroud goes out there and throws and he looks awful, all everybody's going to say is, man, C.J. Stroud shouldn't have gone out there and thrown. Right, right. I, I think what's going to happen is Stroud's going to go from two to one. Richardson's going to jump up to like, is there a battle for number one with Richardson and Stroud because of the athletics ability? And Bryce Young's going to sort of sneak through the whole week and not really get talked about all that much other than, man, we don't know about his size. We don't, don't know about his size. Don't fall in love with Andre Yoshevis, by the way. He's going to be blazing fast. He's terrible. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> he's not Christian Watson 2.0. I'll no. No empty calories, and we'll be here to preview it all again on Thursday as well. I think that just about does it for us today. Make sure you check out the Kingston Group and the Pharmacy, our two local awesome, amazing sponsors here on the show, buildkg.com and the Pharmacy for a Beer and a Burger, man. Uh, and make sure you check out F-Words, show, F-words Pod. Um, that is, uh, of course, football and other F-Words. Football and other F-Words. <laughs> a football and other F-Words show. That's what we are here on, the, on, on this product. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. All you guys in the comments were great as well. Get to us on Twitter, rate, review, subscribe. Just can you do us a favor? And if you're listening at this point of the show, we love you. Please just tell somebody about it. Like say, hey, listen, these two knuckleheads, they know what they're doing. Uh, we like listening. They're fun. Zach says a lot of F words. So <laughs> go check go check these guys out. Um, we do appreciate all you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. For Zach, I am Braden. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday.